He fires downfield. It's caught. And into the end zone. Touchdown, Iowa. Touchdown, Iowa. Play fake. Beathard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. All right, welcome in everybody to episode one of The Mix by Melrose Media, presented to you and hosted to you by Eric Dobby. We got NFL previews this week, week one. We got injuries, roster cuts, news, all that good stuff. Some picks at the end. We got all kinds of breakouts. A lot to talk about today. Going to try to keep it short and sweet, kind of like usual. We're going to try to keep it around... A half hour is what we're going to try to keep it around uh, when it's by myself. And with some guests, hopefully we get to about 50 minutes to an hour. It all kind of depends on what we're talking about, what kind of news we got that week. But it's going to, it's going to vary from time to time. But short and sweet's kind of the way I like to I, I like to roll. So with that being said, we'll get right into D-Hop. We got the news today that D-Hop is going to – well, today being Wednesday, you're going to hear this Thursday – but D-Hop's going to sign a two-year extension with the Arizona Cardinals for $54 million, making him a five-year player for them. And this does nothing but good for, for Kyler Murray. He's going to step up his upside, and I think after after his rookie season, I think he's even going to have a better sophomore season. I think this is a spot where his numbers were so good his rookie year, and he showed such good life that I think Hop, him, Christian Kirk – and the rest of this offense is going to have a have a have a good time with with Kenyon Drake even in the backfield passing the ball. I think they're going to be able to move the ball. The defense is going to be a question mark, but I don't think this is a spot where we're going to have problems with Kyler Murray and the confidence in Kyler Murray. It's not a spot where I went to necessarily get him go in fantasy. I wasn't in necessarily a spot to, but I think this is a spot where I was completely down on him last year. He proved me wrong, and. And since he proved me wrong, I have no reason to believe he's not going to step it up this year with better players, better chemistry. I think this is a spot where the chemistry between Hop and Kyler can only get better from here out. And signing Hop to a big deal uh, does nothing but but great, great things for Kyler. Moving on to Alvin Kamara, we heard from Adam Schefter today as well that Alvin Kamara is going to most likely sign a deal within the next few days. Him and the Saints both starting to agree that a deal needs to be be made and with all likeliness that will happen within the next few days, which is great for fantasy owners moving forward. Uh, the, the, the decisiveness of, of picking him in that first round with that fourth and fifth pick, as many, many people have done, uh, were scared to do in this year's fantasy drafts, is going to show to be not not a big deal at all. And... I think Kamara is going to have have a huge year compared to last year, coming off an injury. The receptions I think are going to are going to step up again. When we'll talk about uh, running back receptions, if you will, between Clyde, Kamara, a few others. But I think Kamara is a spot where he's going to get the goal line work. I don't think Latavius Murray is going to really step in much. I think this is just going to go all back to back to Alvin Kamara again. I don't have any problem with the type of workload that he's going to need to handle. Injury is not one I'm, I'm necessarily worried about, and and go Alvin Kamara for for getting a deal done. 
and joining a what I think will be a rather successful Saints team this year. Next, getting into Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. This is a spot where a lot of a lot of my friends are on either either sides of the spectrum on this one. To be honest, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could have a big year. He could be an absolute bust. But for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna die on the hill that he's gonna have a great year this year. He's a guy that I believe if he could get 70 plus receptions. I think this is this is a spot where I don't think the rushing yards are even going to really matter. I think he's going to do great, great things with the ball in his hand, swinging it out to him in the backfield and looking for him in the receiving game. I think the rushing yards will come. I think this is also a thing about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that I think the touchdowns will come later in the year. I don't think being it being a weird year with COVID and whatnot, I think, it, I think it's a time where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to look to maybe find the end zone later on in the year. And I think – Fantasy owners and and everybody who, you know, cares about an opinion and whatnot about Clyde Edwards Hilaire just needs to just needs to relax till about week five or some something along those lines, and give him give him a shot to show what he's got. And I, I think the workload and the situation with Pat Mahomes, uh, even being a guy that he he's he's just now, <laughs> I mean. He's, he's, he's coming out and he's saying he's literally just learning how to read defenses. And that's a scary, scary thing for the, for the National Football League and for opposing defenses against the Kansas City Chiefs, which, unfortunately, I am a complete hater of the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't I, – I hate to say it, but I don't know what it is about Pat Mahomes and everybody on this, on this Chiefs team that I don't like. Tyreek Hill, I, I just can't – I can't get behind. I don't, I don't know what it is. But – Nonetheless, Patrick Mahomes taking a Super Bowl MVP from Damian Williams. Absolutely won him that game. Nonetheless, Patrick Mahomes is great. I won't take that away from him, but I, I think he absolutely swiped it. And and with that being said, we'll just move on to a few, a few other news and uh, players ar- around the league. We'll move on to Jake Fromm taking over the number two spot. He's a guy I liked in college. I just kind of wanted to bring up. Behind the eight ball, he won, he won the number two spot with the Buffalo Bills behind Josh Allen. I think it's a spot kind of like Josh Rosen, who we'll talk to, talk about next, that I think he it's a spot where he can absolutely grow. He's a learner. I think Josh Rosen alike can can step behind Josh Allen and Tom Brady, and they can they can both learn kind of the similar, similar things in that regard from good quarterbacks that are, that are starting to prove themselves. Uh, and Josh Allen, and then obviously the GOAT, Tom Brady, who I'm an absolute fan of and will hate to see when he decides to uh, hang up the cleats. And I think I think Josh Rosen is, is going to be in a spot in, in a few years that he, he's going he's gonna to be in a good position. He's going to have weapons. I think some of the situations he's been in the last few years haven't been ideal. I think that Josh Rosen is in a spot where, I mean, has massive – has massive, massive, massive upside. He was a stud at the UCLA. I think that the situations, the offensive coordinator, the coaching staffs at Miami Cardinals haven't been great. I think stepping behind Tom Brady, just soaking everything in from the GOAT before he decides to hang it up is the best thing that can happen for Josh Rosen, and I expect in a few years for him to make a, a big jump as well as possibly Jake Fromm. If you can strengthen up that arm, I think he has a deadly accurate arm. I think this is a spot where he can shine as well in the National Football League. And with that being said, moving on from the two quarterbacks, we'll talk about Austin Hooper from the Browns. Austin Hooper has came into the Browns from Atlanta, 
and a place where he was rather successful last year, had a great year. I think this is a spot where Austin Hooper can make a make a rather good connection with Baker Mayfield and kind of surpass that David Njoku uh, aura, if you will. It's a it's a thing where David Njoku coming off, I believe, is a concussion. Um, a spot where Austin Hooper can win that one spot, I don't think, without any problem, and and kind of show he's the man, along with uh, a, a rather good wide receiving core and OBJ and Jarvis Landry, who I'm not huge on, but nonetheless take up some of the coverage, and I think Baker will look to Austin Hooper quite often this year, which is also a player I'm, I was not able to get in fantasy drafts, which it's a, it's a thing with fantasy drafts, and we'll talk about this. I, I'm, I'm big on one team. And not having multiple teams uh, just makes for a better experience on Sundays, cheering for people who you, who you ride with. But that's just me. And lastly, we'll kind of get into Darius Slay with the Eagles, uh, getting traded to the Eagles, uh, who sucked at the cornerback position, uh, quite frankly. And they needed Darius Slay. And to be honest, I'm not a big Darius Slay fan by any means, but I think this is a spot where he could have some, uh, I would say, a – Low floor with also a semi-low ceiling. I think you're just going to get a, an average season out of him, to be honest. But the Eagles are looking for him to to step up and be a top five corner if if they can get that out of him, and they might they might certainly do that. And this is this is a spot where I certainly I th- I think I think the Eagles were right in 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 making a move for him instead of uh, going to get a big wide receiver or something of that nature. But nonetheless, I think it's a, it's a good move and something I, I applaud the Eagles for doing. And now kind of getting into the, some of the rookies, talking about uh, the three wide receivers, Jerry Judy, Je- uh, Justin Jefferson, C. Lamb, and uh, last but not least, the quarterback, Joe Burrow, uh, are the main four I want to talk about today. These three wide receivers are all three wide receivers. I look to have massive upside. I think this is a spot where, especially Jerry Judy, will have massive opportunity in this offense to where every piece in the Broncos' offense is going to have a role to play, and I think they're going to be able to spread the ball, spread the targets, spread the shares, not only the running backs but the wide receivers and the tight ends as well. And Cortland Sutton, no fan, Philip Lindsay in the passing game and uh, being able to work in Melvin Gordon as well and all that. I think Justin Jefferson has the same opportunity has the ability to take the top off of defenses, which is something I look for him to maybe expose a little bit or bring out in the Vikings offense. But he also has the ability to be that target type of guy that you can go to every down if you're looking to do so, just like an Adam Thielen type of receiver. And C.D. Lamb I'm not as big on as the other two, but there are certainly very, very, very big opportunities for C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott to make a connection and grow over the over the season. And then lastly, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, I am I'm massively on this this year. I have him on my fantasy team. I think this is a spot where Joe Burrow can utilize not only AJ Green, which I I would hope to see on the field, but Tyler Boyd is is a wide receiver I look to absolutely blow up under under Joe Burrow's offense. I think Joe Burrow loves the slot receiver immensely. I think this is this is a place where he can go to Tyre Boyd whenever he wants to, and going along with that, working the working the passing game with with Joe Mixon out of the backfield is something I think could be very effective along with with the rest of the receiving game. 
And one last thing I I just want to talk about uh, with the with the rookies is that you never know when they're going to break out. I was was holding on to Miles Sanders last year. He was a guy that I drafted in round six of my fantasy drafts. I was I was big on, and you never know when when they're going to break out. And I dropped him. I dropped him, I believe, week eight or nine, and before you know it, comes around week week twelve, and he and he blows up, and he wins fantasy leagues for people, including the the league that I dropped him in. And you you just gotta gotta wait it out. Although I waited eight or nine weeks, it's it just wasn't enough, which is an absolute dagger to the heart, which you absolutely hate to see. One of the one of the most abysmal drops of maybe my career, but you have to live and learn from those. I'm, I'm going to live and die on hills just like I am with this podcast, just like I am with all my takes. But uh, I think I think that's a, it serves for a lot more fun. You know, it's uh, no gamble, no future type of thing. And that's the exact person that I am, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's, it's who I am. I, I mean, I like to gamble, you know, say what you will about that. But it's serves for uh, a much more fun and kind of uh, exhilarating experience, in my opinion, on Sundays watching football. So that's kind of my opinion on that. Moving on to a few rookies. Um, this is this is something I, I kind of – I have a few names in mind in, in the wide receiver, um, wide receiver category that I like to talk about. Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, and CeeDee Lamb. All three stud wide receivers, all three absolute stud wide receivers, and I have no no doubt in my mind that they will all make some somewhat of a of a big jump their their rookie season. C.D. Lamb maybe the last of the three, but nonetheless, I think that they have major major upside in all three offenses. Jerry Judy being the top one, I am. We can get into the Broncos here in a bit. But I believe Jerry Judy has a massive spot to connect with Drew Locke this year. Jerry Judy being a guy that can stretch the field a little bit more. Cortland Sutton and and Jerry uh, can kind of both both be a part of the big targets and uh, just being able to spread the field a little bit. Cortland Sutton not having much help last year, I think, is a is a, it was kind of a problem for him and Drew Locke. This could open up the field a little bit for them, along with Melvin coming in, which we can get into in a little bit. But Justin Jefferson's also a guy I feel like later on in the year can step up as well. I looked to take him late in uh, in fantasy drafts as well. I didn't I didn't get him, unfortunately. I was able to get Jerry Judy, which is kind of fun for me. Also tied with Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow's also the other guy you know wanting to bring up uh, alongside the wide receivers, being that. Joe Burrow has massive, massive upside. I think that AJ Green doesn't even have to be relevant, relevant, sorry, uh, to even have a big year. I think Tyler Ward takes a massive, massive step up with the fact that Joe Burrow loves, loves, loves the slot receiver, and I think moving, moving Tyler Ward back into the slot, having AJ Green hopefully back, which he probably won't be. He'll probably burn everybody just like he does every year. What do I know about that? I don't know. Ask my friend Ethan Hammond. But uh, also him being on my fantasy team for a few weeks last year kind of sets me back as well. But nonetheless, I think this is a spot where John Ross, Auden Tate, all the boys can help elevate. And, well, not along with Joe Mixon, you know, spreading him out in the backfield. I think 
I'm not a big Joe Mixon fan by any means, but I think 50 receptions isn't isn't out of the league at all for Joe Mixon, and stepping up for Joe Burrow is something I, th- I think is is certainly feasible and uh, continue to break records for Joe Burrow nonetheless. Next, kind of wanted to move on to some conference winners here, getting into a little bit of a of a of a picks portion of the episode. Going to start in the NFC because why not? We'll start in the NFC North because they got my boys, the Bears. Not necessarily my boys, but the only team I, I really care for. And uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to say I'm, I'm going to go with the Packers here. I'm not a big on the Vikings, really. I think that they have a chance to to show who they are every year. And Kirk Cousins just keeps uh, trying to show us that he's an absolute failure in prime time. The stats will certainly reflect that, and it's it's something that I don't think will really ever change. And let's go to the NFC South. NFC South with the Saints, Panthers, Falcons, Buccaneers. I could be square, maybe say the Buccaneers could win. I don't necessarily want to do that. I think the the chance the Buccaneers when the division is is probably somewhere between 40 and 50%, I think just because of Tom Brady, but I think the defense is an absolute question mark and the type of game game notes and style that uh, Bruce Arian wants to bring and the type of pace that he wants to bring to the football game with having Tom Brady at the helm instead of Jameis trying to sling the ball everywhere. I think it could be a spot where now with Leonard Fournette, this is a spot where they could look to run the ball and run the ball a lot uh, under Tom Brady, and I think I think they'll take a certain big step up and compete with the Saints at a high level. But it's not something that I could see uh, happening every t- every time. I think the Saints certainly are going to have uh, a more consistent defense at, 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 than the than the Buccaneers. So when they play each other, two to you know maybe three times if, if they meet in the playoffs, something like that. Uh, I don't know. I think the Saints could get their number more more times than not. And moving on to the NFC West, I think this is going to be a incredibly competitive division, and I'll go ahead and stand on the hill that I think the Rams are going to get absolutely dead last. It may not be that hot of a take, but I think the Cardinals and the Rams will have somewhat similar – similar records and the 49ers and the Seahawks will look to compete for the one seed as they did last year. Um, it's, it's something where I think they both have similar records. This is going to be a, a stronger division in the NFC than most, which we could get to the weaker one and the NFC East. And I think it's an absolute abysmal division at that regard. It's, it's a spot where I, I just hate all the teams. I mean, the Washington footballers, I mean, if we if we want to go down that that wormhole, uh, it's 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 Dwayne Haskins, Antonio Gibson, the running back position is just an absolute wash. Terry McLaurin shows life, but I mean the defense is just non-existent. It's not something I look to have fun with. The Eagles also just incredibly inconsistent, as well with the Giants and the Cowboys will also just like Kirk Cousins, a kid. Prove that they don't 
belong to be anywhere near the Super Bowl, and that could also be a flaming hot take. But uh, if they prove me wrong, they prove me wrong, and that is just fine. Moving on to the Broncos now. I, I, I discussed this a little bit a little bit earlier, and the Broncos have massive, massive upside, right? We're talking about a team with a, I would say, above-average defense. They played well, and they kept them in games last year. The defense was able to hold on, keep teams low-scoring. I think this is a spot where the offense starts to shine, and they start to win more football games. They played games incredibly, incredibly close last year. And it's a spot where they have just the outrageous upside in the offense with Noah Fant, which, you know, Hawkeye boy, love to love to ride him. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Melvin in the backfield, Philip Lindsay. Everybody's going to contribute. I think they're going to share it incredibly well. Melvin and Philip Lindsay may see the field the same amount of time, and that could be all, all well and good, to be honest. I don't have a problem splitting that many – carries with Melvin I think the goal line work will be there for him and away from the goal line I think Philip Lindsay is going to have just as just as big of a role on on second and third down possibly as Melvin will on first and and some of the second downs uh, without any problem and I kind of also want to get into uh, just having a season this year to be honest I think we need to be fortunate that the NFL season is even happening I think this is something I want to get into in another episode as well about the Big Ten and about the MAC, which I'm incredibly sad about. But I think just having a season, uh, it's it's a spot where everybody everybody involved and all the efforts that are being put forth need to be recognized, as well as like the PGA Tour, the MLB, the NBA. I think they're doing an incredible job, and I have no idea. No idea why the Big Ten can't make it happen. We're watching we're watching teams like BYU and Navy play on, on Monday nights and we can't we can't get a Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa game on on the books. And it's incredibly sad. And I'd like to get into it in another podcast, which is something I, I, I certainly look to do. I'd like to get into some week one big games here, if I could. Uh, we'll start in the NFC North again, just because why not? And we'll talk Pack Vikings. I think the, the Pack proved to be just the better team here. I think the Vikings, I want to say the Vikings will be held low scoring in this game. I think the Pack's offense will just kind of step up and lead them to a victory in this game. Um, I think come down the stretch, it might it might it might be more of a Aaron Rodgers type of fourth quarter drive, which we saw plenty of times last year. But nonetheless, certainly a spot where I like the pack. Haven't looked at the spreads yet. That's something more for a picks pod that which will come later this week, as we have discussed. Nonetheless, moving on to the Bears Lions. Bears are minus three, if I do recall, um, without looking again. But absolute trap line. We'll get into that a little bit. The Everybody and their mother is going to take the Lions. It is what it is. The Bears might come out on top. I think the Lions certainly have a little bit of an edge in terms of I have no idea what the offense of the Bears is going to look like. The quarterback room, 
appears to start to be a little bit more decided. Talking about uh, Mitch Vick taking the taking the lead, but I think it's it's a spot. It's just a it's just an odd situation. I don't know what to make out of it. I think the defense for the Bears will be will be just fine. Maybe not as uh, stellar as as we've seen in the past, but something where the offense just needs to step up at some point. And <laughs> as I'm hearing comments from the other room about the Bears, but Buck Saints is another big game this week. This week one, I think the Saints are minus three as well, three and a half. I think the Bucks. The Bucks in this game again. I, as I was saying earlier, I think the Bucks more times than not lose to the Saints. I think having a weird year, not being as as uh, connected of a group of an offense with the Bucks. I think the Saints go to take this game one. Don't necessarily know how the defenses are going to show up, but that's that's for anybody's guess. The Titans Broncos is another big one. I think this is going to be incredibly low scoring. Derrick Henry a million times down the middle. Melvin Gordon, some of the same. Then we'll look over the middle, try to pick pick apart this defense of the Titans. Nonetheless, want to get into some conference winners as well before the season starts. Conference winners, I I just hate I, and I'll get this out there as well. Just while I'm at it here in this week one podcast, I absolutely hate the, the Kansas City Chiefs. It is what it is. I, I just don't know what I can't stand about their offense. Pat Mahomes is fine. He's great. Whatever. I just think it's kind of like LeBron for me. I, I'm not a big LeBron guy either. I don't know why. I just the, – the big names, the guys that play the game at an incredibly high level, I just – I don't know if they just make it not as competitive, not as fun for me or something. I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure – just something I, I I can't I can't get around to. I just don't know what it is about the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't I don't like maybe because they don't you know they never ran the ball. They just sit out there and sling it the entire time. But that's I don't want to I don't necessarily want to pick them in the AFC. I if we're looking uh, if we're looking towards the NFC. I'm gonna go with. We'll go back to the Cowboys being bus. We're going to go with the Seahawks. A little bit of a, I don't know if it's necessarily a sleeper. I think it's a team I just like more. I think uh, quarterback and Russell Wilson look to have a good year. Uh, a defense that will be just fine, be well coached. I don't have a problem taking them at all. Maybe a bad pick. But I'm not out here to give you the favorite. So what am I, what, what am I, what am I doing? I mean, I'm not out here being a TV analyst. On uh, Saturday nights in Kirk Curb Street and whoever they may be on the daily wager or whatever, giving out minus 400 picks to win the ACC in Clemson. I'm not going to do that. I'm just not. So going to the AFC here. Mm, I think the Bills are going to be good. Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders. I think Raiders are going to have a good year. Ravens, man. AFC is just a crapshoot. I think the Ravens might take a little bit of a step back this year. Chargers be meh. Patriots meh. Let's go with the Broncos and the Bills. I just kind of want. I, I'm go, I'm feeling the dark horse vibes tonight. I'm not I'm here having a good time after work. Recording this for y'all. 
And why not give you why not give you some dogs to win the AFC? Why not? Screw the Ravens, screw the Colts, screw everybody. Those are my picks. And with that, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. About twenty five minutes by myself sitting here talking to y'all. Again, I appreciate all the comments and the support from people after the intro. I get it. It's not a very appealing thing to listen to. Bunch of information about a podcast you've never even listened to. I get it. And I'm gonna get better at this. I'm gonna you know, this the speeches, the you know, everything's gonna everything's gonna be cleared up with, with time, I believe. More mic times only gonna be better for me. And I may not be the best at it, but I feel like I have good knowledge, good good things to share with y'all. And it's only gonna get better. I'm gonna get better with the equipment and such. It's it's going to be a fun ride. And again, where you can find me, we're going to start off with Spotify. You can find me on Twitter, at Melrose Media, on Spotify, slash Melrose Media. Also, we're looking to get on Apple. I still haven't heard back from them. When I do, you guys will know. Hopefully, Apple, apparently they take they do a better process of, of getting and thoroughly checking who, who they let on their feeds. So... Uh, that's anybody's guess as to when we'll be on Apple, but I, I certainly look to get there, and we'll keep in touch with you guys on Twitter. Other than that, I discussed Patreon as well in my first episode, which you guys, not everybody will want to check out, but certainly anybody that is willing, go check out patreon.com slash Media. Go give it a look. You can look at the different tiers of membership and what you'll get with the different tiers uh, getting getting into the big, bigger tiers of membership, you'll get exclusive content, more episodes, stuff I just decide to post randomly compared to a strict schedule, as well as uh, some different episodes with the guys around the house, uh, my buddies, which I look forward to to getting into as well moving forward. And then we'll move into the schedule the rest of the week, looking to get a pick em podcast out with as I teased a little bit today on Twitter, a couple of guests, which will be new and fun to do on the new setup. And we'll also try to get a Hawkeye athletics update, if you will, as long as maybe another pop-up episode kind of about the state of Big Ten football and Mac football. Uh, before the weekend or maybe Saturday or Sunday, I will keep you guys also informed about that. That being said, I think I covered all the bases I want to get to today. And again, I appreciate all the comments and the support from everybody. Keep listening. Keep sharing. That means the world to me. Uh, Like I said, the reviews, the likes, the retweets, it all takes literally two seconds to do. And I think it's, it's something people don't, again, like I said in the first episode, understand or think about when they know about reviewing and such. So when we get to Apple and in Spotify right now, hopefully you guys figure out the reviews a little bit, start getting it out there, let the algorithm do its work. And with that being said, we'll see you guys Friday for the Picking Podcast. Let's kick it. It's caught, and into the end zone! Touchdown, Iowa! Touchdown, Iowa! Play fake. Bethard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith!